I think with understanding comes empathy. With empathy comes a motivation to change a bad situation. And if a lot of our white brothers and sisters understand that and take that approach, you don't have to, you, my thing is you don't have to single-handedly solve racial injustice because not one person single-handedly caused it. What we need from our white brothers and sisters and understanding is that we're in a situation that black people didn't cause. So we need you to speak out against it. But for the most part, many of you don't understand what's going on. So many of you have to come to these conversations with a, with an intent to listen and not an intent to talk, 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 talk. Walk of the Cool, Calm, Collected One. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for sophisticated ignorance, intellectual stupidity, and well-articulated nonsense. Walker! We finna cook! I think this is the tipping point. Peace and blessings, beloveds. We want to thank you for tuning in. Shout out to our longtime listeners as well as our first-time listeners. And if you are a first-time listener and you are enjoying the podcast, you have enjoyed the podcast, please do us a solid and follow us. Subscribe to our podcast. Uh, And also, guys, you can also follow us on social media as well we are out there uh we have a website that lists all of our social media content as well as our youtube page gatry that website is sir the tippingpoint.com t-h-a tippingpoint.com thank you and with that we shall begin episode 82 gat how are you sir i'm in a zone um Whatever that means. Walker, my 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 uh, emotions are kind of widespread right now. Do you do you care to hear about that? Hear about this? Sure. Humor me. I got a hot take that I'm just gonna go ahead and start the recording off with. No one cares about Father's Day. No one cares about Father's Day. No one. Not any not anyone. Not anyone of value that is. Why do you say that? So yesterday I go to pick up my son, my youngest son, you know, he's in daycare. And um, usually the Friday before Mother's Day or Father's Day, that's when you get your little piece of art that your child has been working on with the t- with teacher's assistance, right? So um, I go there, usually, you know, excited to see my boy or whatever. And these teacher says, oh yeah, um, uh, your, son's, your son's artwork for Father's Day is over there on the counter by the dirty diapers. Oh. Thanks. I mean, is there is there a red carpet there too, or um, you know, like, like what 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 should I should I be excited now? I, I, I dirty diapers. Thanks. I mean, that's a great presentation. So I, I got a mosey on over there, and I I look and I see his, and there's stuff all over the place. You know, just he he did this cutout of a necktie with all these buttons on it. You know, and the buttons are just all over the place. So I'm collecting buttons. I'm putting them all on this cut out tie 
there's this message that you can tell they tried to help him write i love you daddy how old is he by the way he is two he'll be three on kobe day um so yeah so you know it's just okay great you know this is this is good i'm reading it taking it in um but there was just no presentation like on mother's day it's just like let's let's be extra and let's make sure we go the extra mile to make sure that our moms feel loved and make sure that our moms get um artwork that's intact and you know uh respectfully presented you know not just oh over there by the dirty diapers so it gets better walker um i get this artwork i'm looking at it i feel feel pretty good you know i'm like not expecting a lot so i'm walking out and uh, one of the administrators of the daycare says oh whoa ronnie yeah um donuts for dads <laughs> so i'm like okay you know not trying to eat those right now for obvious reasons but you know i appreciate the gesture i'll take one so um i go and grab one and my son son pulls up my shirt and he says daddy i want a donut so these aren't for you son these are for dads this is donut for dad right um he says daddy daddy can i have a donut please and you know once he uses manners i can't really it's hard for me to go against him so um i so you're expecting a two-year-old to understand the significance of father's day and that the donut that he just sees and wants is not for him but for you walker your questions are irrelevant and i would i would love to appreciate and you're you're proving that father's day means nothing because i can't even get through the story <laughs> continue thank you continue i'm a little turned up by this walker come on let me get through it so i get so so i give him the donut and you know the lady up there was like that was so nice oh my god tell you what you can i'm gonna give you another donut because you you're a dad okay thank you i appreciate it you know so um so yeah so yeah my son's eating my youngest son's eating a donut i've got the other one i'm debating if i'm gonna eat or not we get home um you know my my wife and my older son are there and uh, my son runs up to me and says, "Ooh, daddy, you brought you brought donuts. You brought donuts." Oh, son, this is not for you. This is donuts for dad. You're not a dad. Back. You told him that. Yeah. That's exactly what you said. Yeah. You're not a dad. You don't get a donut. Not this one. Okay. So, um, anyway, I go to go to change my clothes to come back my oldest son is eating the donut that was designated for me <sighs> um no one cares about father's day no one does because if they did i'd get a donut i didn't get a donut you know my, my wife my wife even you know she gets in on this you know just uh you know last night she's just like hey you want to see my dad for father's day I'm like excuse me <laughs> And I'm literally pointing at myself, Walker. She's like, what? What? I'm like, look at this guy. Look at him. I'm a dad, too. I'm a dad. Oh, I should have asked what you want to do for Father's Day. Y'all think? (laughs) Give me a break, man. (laughs) So let me tell you this, Walker. I'm, I'm... you know, you know how we're we're in this environment of of changing things from our past that may lead us to to rough and you know and uncomfortable thoughts, right? We're embracing our truth. Okay, what I'm going to lobby on Capitol Hill in the upcoming weeks is forget about Father's Day, take it off the calendar, call it MD two, MD two. 
Any anything else you want to add? Anything else on your mind? No? Going once? Going twice? I just came from a birthday party that was outside. 94 degrees according to my Apple Watch. Were you guys socially distant? Socially distant, eating ice cream outside. How long do you think the ice cream lasted, Walker? Nine seconds is your mm. answer. You know what happens one when could kids... Argue, one could argue that it didn't even make it to your bowl in a... <laughs> you know what happens to kids when their when ice these. cream melts? You know what happens to six-year-old kids, six- and seven-year-old kids when their ice cream melts, Walker? <laughs> <laughs> Father's Day does not exist. That concludes my TED talk. All right. Um, How are you? What I would say is that. (laughs) Oh, you've got commentary on this. Let's hear. What I would say. What I would say to this is that you're right. Father's Day doesn't exist in your household. It looks like you have a personal problem, sir. Um, Because. It's been all the conversation amongst me and mine. Um, I'm not a father yet, but um, my wife has been in conversations with her father about Father's Day. I've been talking to my father about Father's Day. And uh, yeah, um, there are other people out there that do care about their fathers and care about celebrating on Father's Day. What I will actually say is that to your point, Mother's Day is a much more celebrated holiday than Father's Day just because of people's relationship to their mothers versus their fathers. While they do love their fathers as a special bond that we have to our moms that we may not necessarily have to our dads. Now, with you being the emotional wreck that you are typically every day, including today, I can see how you would be in your feels about how your weekend father's day weekend is playing out but to me i would say you might want to address that internally sir um it looks like everyone including the kids which the kids are understandable i mean they see a donut that you really didn't want yourself um let them have the donut i mean they'll they'll come to appreciate you and they do appreciate you in their own way as two and six-year-olds possibly can but you know the, the other woman in your house you may need to have a conversation with her about you and your uh, contributions as a father to the household. So yeah, that, I would I would I would kind of tell you to kind of you know take that offline and then and, and uh, deal with that. How but, about uh, I take you offline? <laughs> <laughs> Social distancing, man. You can't take me offline. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I, I would just say to you and to other fathers out there, Happy Father's Day. Thank you, Walker. That's all I want to hear. Yeah. You can keep the donut. Ah, happy Father's Day. You can keep the donut. You can keep the melted ice cream. Just take hey, it. listen. What you do as a dad for those two boys, commendable. Thanks, commendable. Walker. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's all. That's I, just, all I, I just think you just felt disrespected in your house. That's all. But you know, but you know, it happens. But hey, Walker, you don't me... have to project that over here to me. No, this is this is this this podcast is somewhat therapy therapeutic to me. So. You, you clearly you've um thankfully signed up for a portion of that but like but but i signed up yeah i got a signature somewhere it may not be yours but it's somewhere um fair enough <laughs> but walker and i i feel like we talked about this last year but I we just, did i'm just so i'm still i'm still i've been a dad for six years and i still don't understand because because here's my thing walker 
you take you take everybody knows you take the father out of the household usually bad things ensue right right one one could guess if you take the mother out of the household similarly bad things will ensue as well I, we don't know the narrative we've been shaped to hear about is when the, especially in black uh, families or black households you take the father out oh all oh, you know what's about to break loose so it's just like I, I, and I'm not expecting it to get more clout than Mother's Day, but how can we get a little closer? You know, for us, for us committed, active, involved dads out there, like how can we get a little closer to that and really, really take a minute to to allow it to soak in our value and have our values be given to us and not get, you know, uh, a necktie with buttons hanging all off of it by the dirty diapers on the counter at the daycare. Like, I mean... I, no, I don't have an answer for you on that. None of that flies on mom's day. None of it. None of it. It's like there's this extra layer of pressure to like produce and present because it's mom. Well, again, there's a lot of things that you can get away with guys that women won't let you get away with just in general. Right? Yeah, I'm too shy. Okay. I've got that off my chest. I think I'm good now, Walker. How are you, bro? Are you done projecting? No, I've got some other stuff to project, but that that really was weighing on me. You know, it started about four o'clock yesterday and it just I woke up with it on my spirit today. And it, I was just like, yeah, Walker's going to get some of this energy he doesn't deserve. So sorry, but this is no, you're not. You're not sorry. Don't I didn't say apologize. I was sorry. I just said sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what does sorry mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, you just use words. So you yeah, just throw yeah, out words yeah, that have yeah. no meaning or significance. Arbitrary, ambiguous terms whenever I want to use them. Thank you, First Amendment. <laughs> Complete logic of an emotional wreck. All right, I'm good. Um, I'm good. This week has been good. Family's good. Work is good. Everything is good. Um, no complaints here. All is well. Well, we do. We do want to acknowledge uh, fathers like Gatry and all the other fathers around. Uh, fathers around. Happy Father's Day to you. Um, thank you for what you do for your families. Um, we also want to say happy belated Juneteenth. Um, definitely want to shout out that holiday as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I have to say. That's um, all I got to say, man. Um, so Juneteenth, you struck a nerve there. Uh, shout out to the white people out there, if you're listening, who uh, were educated about Juneteenth. Um, the ones, the ones that I was in contact with, very open, very receptive. Um, shout out to Blackish as well for putting together an uh, extremely artful piece, breaking down what this meant in an easily consumable form. So, um, it yesterday was great. I, you know, Walker, I adorned my red, I even wore my red 11s. Um, you know, I was, it, it was just a prideful day for me. And, and, you know, I was talking, I, I took my boys to the barbershop this morning and I was talking to the barber about, you know, like I'm, I'm just in this state to where this this emotional state to where it's just like okay uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna really really outwardly appreciate the little bit of blackness that i really have you know and um i took full advantage. a little bit yeah you know because our, our narrative here is i'm blackish um but you know i just i just I, I didn't hold back you know and i'm just like you know i'm gonna be out here. yesterday my thought was i'm gonna be out here today i'm gonna be out here and i was out here so, you know, you know, Walker, you know, Walker, I got to add this. It's a great time to be black. Ish. Ish. 
Anyway, thank you for mentioning Juneteenth, though. You bet. You bet. I don't have much, man. I don't have much for an opening. Um, following your lead, what's on your mind, man? Um, I gave you the the crux of it. Um, That's, so shall we just get Doherty then? No, Walker. We gotta talk about something. That's what discussion trash does. Okay, if you just want to get anything else on that. your mind. No. So so let me. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's back up. So what are you doing for Father's Day? <laughs> We're going to my in laws. We'll talk about that offline. So discuss your trash, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Gatry, would you like to go first? Sure. Wow, Walker, I'm not used to you just getting into it like that, but let's go. I don't have nothing to, to, to add. I'm following know, your lead. Walker, you, this... the, you were the one you were the one who <laughs> decided you wanted to talk about your emotions stemming from four o'clock on Friday. OK, I was prepared to talk about something completely different. <laughs> I'm the one. Who's had to adjust on the fly? So you're looking at me like, what do we do next? I'm I'm just I'm so used to you. If we don't have like a guest or an established main topic, you hitting me with a very introspective question that usually organically develops in a deep convo. You didn't give me that's, that today. That's so. for a topic. That's for a topic that was moved to discuss a track. All right, Walker. Um, this is your fault. This is FYI. <laughs> okay. Uh, last week, you cut me <laughs> off when I tried to describe what Discuss the Trash was. So I'm not going to try again this week. I'm just going to get I straight. I mean, they can pick up on it, Gat. Oh, they're doing Discuss the Trash because they decided they want to trash or discuss it. Like, I think that our listeners are intelligent enough to know what we're doing. I'm just saying. I just don't want to be offensive to them. You obviously don't care, but I do. At any rate... First up for me for Discusser Trash is Louis Giglio. Um, Walker, I don't even know the name of this man's church in Atlanta, but I know he's leader of the flock of a major, no, no, of a mega church, I should say. And um, Walker, he had some interesting comments that he shared with uh, Lecrae and some other random individual on the panel. Do you know the other guy on the panel? Dan Carthy. He's (laughs) the CEO of Chick-fil-A. Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> Dad, I'm sorry, bro, because I know I put one of your great, 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 great grandchildren through college just from my Chick-fil-A contributions alone. So anyway, um, Walker, I'm about to run the clip and then we will we will dissect after that. You no, know, sometimes sometimes your star player goes three for <laughs> three for 19 in a game. You know, sometimes it happens. Sometimes they have off games. We understand the curse that was slavery, mm-hmm. white people do, and we say that was bad, but we miss the blessing of slavery, that it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in yes. and lived in. And so a lot of people call this white privilege, and when you say those two words, it just is like a fuse goes off for a lot of white people because they don't want somebody telling them to check their privilege. And so I know that you and I both have struggled in these days with, hey, yeah. if the phrase is the trip up, let's get over the phrase and let's get down to the heart. Sure. Let's get down to what then do you want to call it? And I think maybe a great thing for me is to call it white blessing. Discuss your trash walker. Let's discuss this. Um, Passion City Church is the name of uh, Louis Giglio's church. Okay. The Passion um walker first thoughts um one one of the things i noticed in this clip that was kind of hard for me to digest was 
looking at Lecrae's body language as he was, um, as Louis was delivering this, it's it's hard to see really like his facial reaction, but physically you could see his head nodding, which looks kind of like agreement. Now, Lecrae has since spoken out and said that he and Louis, Louis had a conversation off air about his comments, but that that's one of my first thoughts was like, and I ran it back several times, like, Lecrae nodding? Like, is that, is that for real? um second second point um i i do i do agree with one thing louis said and that was um in terms of white people getting uncomfortable when the term privilege is being brought to the uh to the forefront um i'm gonna shout out johnny grimes uh, if you haven't heard our, our episode with him check it out be him strong um johnny was just johnny was openly honest about his opinions on it and um he he clearly agreed that right white privilege is a thing as as you can hear on that recording um but it's just it i don't i don't understand i don't understand why it makes people so uncomfortable is what i don't get but that that's another another question we're we're we're, we're honing in on louis so um i guess my feelings on this walker after after what happened uh after what we we in, found out with uh church of the highlands and uh pastor chris hodges in this it's making me think is there a deeper narrative at the heartbeat of mega churches that you know what do you mean like i mean <laughs> or do, do we do we have white supremacists leading leading the flock for these mega churches this is a concern I have. I don't I don't know if we do. I'm just this is it's just a thought I had when I heard this and I'm like, huh, let me let me draw some lines of correlation here and I can see a trend especially in the south. I mean, if 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 you're bold enough, if you're bold enough to reshape that message into something as blatantly ignorant as white blessings with a black person sitting on there on the panel with you, there are there are some really big issues and you lead a church, a church that uh, supposedly says that, you know, they go as the Bible instructs them to go, you know, so um, I can't I can't find I can't find anything in the Bible that aligns with slavery being a blessing or the, or the benefits of white people who managed or who are behind slavery turn that to a blessing. I can't. I can't really find anything that aligns with that. So I got an issue, obviously, with those comments. What do you think, Walker? So backstory, I get flooded with a barrage of text messages early this week. You got to air our dirty laundry uh, or my dirty laundry. My co-host here, Gatry, who was enraged one uh, was ready to record then. You almost got this. You almost got this podcast two, three days ago. Because Gatry was ready. Well, I mean, let's let's kind of walk us through. Like, how were you feeling in those moments? Oh, like, was, did that pretty much culminate what you were feeling, or like, what was going on with you? Well, I was. I mean, I was insulted because because it's like, I in my head, and I've had time to think since then, Walker. Okay, I've had time to really think about this, and. The only way I can even begin to understand is if I try to walk in the shoes of a white person back in slavery days. So you mean to tell me for them, I get labor that I don't have to pay for and it's not a blessing? 
that that's me attempting to adopt the frame of mind, right? I know that's I know that's right. weird. I know that's 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 hard to really for me to produce. So, you know, I thought about that after the fact, and I was like, maybe that's where Louis's coming from, you know. But me emotionally, upon hearing it, all I can think of was slavery was a blessing. Okay. And that's and I couldn't that that's what that that was the that was what led to the emotional barrage of text that you received. That's why I was ready to turn up on it. Yeah, so to that, Gatry got an underwhelming response from me. Um, I just shrugged it off like, eh, whatever. And and again, I don't know. I'm going to take you back in time, Gatry. Let me take you back in time. You remember about three weeks ago? I know. About three weeks ago. Lowered expectations. We did a recording and I told you that my expectations of a lot of our white brothers and sisters is really low. Remember when I said that? I remember that. And you remember when I said that for those those of us who are black, who wants our black brothers and sisters to speak up and speak out, be careful what you ask for, because you'll be surprised at to what some of our white brothers and sisters will say, because the reality of the matter is many of them don't know what to say. Can I remember that? Yeah. Okay, so why are we surprised, fast forward to today or this week, why are we still surprised at what comes out of our white brothers and sisters' mouth? Even some of those of which who who are leaders of large churches. Like, why are we surprised? Listen, all this is, I mean, and I'll answer your question as to, as to what would make him or this conversation uncomfortable. In my opinion, it's white guilt. It is white guilt. You you can't have the conversation about slavery and Jim Crow and white supremacy and racial oppression from the angle of a white person and not begin to feel uncomfortable. And it's because of white guilt. But again, as we articulated in the podcast, Be Him Strong with the brother Johnny Grimes, shout out to him, owner Wheelhouse Salon. One of the things we said is that the purpose of these conversations is not to attack white people. Like you're not, you're the, the end game is not to throw darts at you while you may get uncomfortable with the conversation because it is an uncomfortable conversation. The objective is not to slam white people. The objective is to make white people aware that they do have privilege. Now, does that mean that white people, that white people like never have it rough? We're not saying that all we're saying is when it comes to black people, a lot of our rough times can be totally attributed to the color of our skin. And that's something that many white, if not all white people can't say, right? So when you talk about privilege, that makes a lot of white people feel guilty and uncomfortable. So what we're, the whole purpose of the conversation is to make our white brothers and sisters understand that along with that privilege, comes some on the other side of that privilege comes inequities it comes inequalities it comes double standards and that becomes a very dangerous scenario when you talk about policing when you start talking about banks giving out loans and whatnot like you you really begin to see the 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 separation in terms of the quality of life that whites live versus the quality of life that blacks live across the board right so when we talk we have these conversations is not to attack our white brothers and sisters and again i mentioned i mentioned it not long ago you cannot 
you cannot understand black oppression through the lens of your white experiences. Many white people have a difficult time understanding what's going on, which in, in, in my opinion, not a lot of our white brothers and sisters are qualified to speak on these issues like Johnny Grimes is qualified to speak on. So in many cases, our white brothers and sisters, when it comes to these conversations, they shouldn't be doing a lot of talking. They shouldn't be doing it. They have to be doing a lot of listening, a lot of understanding, because I think with understanding comes empathy. With empathy comes a motivation to change a bad situation. And if a lot of our white brothers and sisters understand that and take that approach, you don't have to. You, my thing is, you don't have to single handedly solve racial injustice because not one person single handedly caused it. What we need from our white brothers and sisters and understanding is that we're in a situation that black people didn't cause. So we need you to speak out against it. But for the most part, many of you don't understand what's going on. So many of you have to come to these conversations with a, with an intent to listen and not an intent to talk. So as it goes back to Louis Giglio, him calling it a white blessing was a way of him trying to make it a much more comfortable conversation to digest for a lot of white brothers and sisters. I can I can I can understand white blessing a bit better than white privilege, but on the other hand, what I don't understand is that how white blessing deriving from slavery, how triggering that is for black people and how that sounds nuts from my perspective, right? So Again, and what I like about Lecrae, let's talk about Lecrae real quick. I get it. A lot of us are upset. And a lot of us, again, I'm one of the same people who who have said time and time again that I'm not really interested in recruiting allies. Like, I don't really care about trying to get you to understand or spoon feeding you information about what's been going on for years that you can easily find out with a simple Google search. Right. But at the same time, I can respect people who I can respect people like a Lecrae who are patient people like Lecrae who uh, can articulate and educate those who are in these conversations who are speaking in error. A lot of people wanted to see Lecrae with the rah-rah, but if you don't know Lecrae, and I don't know him personally, but from what I've observed in his life and how I've observed him in many countless interviews, Lecrae really is a Christian. Like Lecrae really is a respectable, good guy, right? And what I do understand about that, that interview is that most people stopped listening after Louis Giglio talked. Many people didn't hear Lecrae's response. Did you hear Lecrae's response? No, Lecrae even mentioned when he, after the fact that he, he didn't, he, like the response he had wasn't even recorded. He had to talk to Louie one-on-one off air. That, that interview is actually on YouTube by Louie Giglio's church. Like they posted the entire conversation. Lecrae spoke right after that. It's not like he's talking to Lecrae and Lecrae's not talking. Lecrae masterfully dissected what Louis Giglio was talking about. But no one hears that. People want to see a confrontation. People want to see an argument. People want to see Lecrae cut him off and correct him in that moment. 
Well, Lecrae did address the issue. Lecrae basically said that by just paraphrasing the very fact that you can opt out of these conversations, the very fact that you can reword things and call something privilege and call it a blessing instead of privilege is evidence of your privilege. And basically what he was saying is, is me being black, I can't take off my black skin. I can't take that off. So I'm all, wherever I go in this world, I'm reminded that I'm black. When I'm on a plane traveling and they're playing movies and all of a sudden I see all these big movies, but I don't see movies that have a lot of people who look like me on it. I'm reminded that I'm black. If I go to a certain part in the, in, in the country and I go to a pharmacy or a store and I'm looking for hair care products for me and I don't see a lot of it, I'm reminded that I'm black. See, I can turn off I can become, I can unplug from the conversation, but no matter where I go in life, I'm their reminders constantly that you're black and we don't necessarily cater to you. That was Lecrae's point. So for most white people, he was like, white people have been convinced that they don't have a culture in a sense. Like I go to a restaurant and I eat shrimp fried rice and, 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 and some soy sauce. I'm eating Chinese food right? It's not regular food. It's Chinese food. But if I go to China and I'm eating a lot of their dishes, it's not Chinese food. It's called food, right? So the point that Lecrae is making is that in your world, in your bubble, if it's not what you're accustomed to, you assume that that's everyone's view or perspective. And so for most of our white brothers and sisters, you're talking about something that's outside of the scope of your worldview and perspective. So it's important for you as well, white brothers and sisters to come to the black people who are leaders, those of you, those of us who are knowledgeable about what's going on and learn from us. To my point, not a lot of our white brothers and sisters are qualified to be leading these conversations because they don't really get it at the end of the day. But you can get it if you come to those who know and are knowledgeable and listen, which is what Johnny Grimes also said. You need to do, you don't need to do a lot of talking. You need to listen and learn. And I think from listening and learning comes that compassion comes that empathy that you have for black people. And I think that will then begin to spark something on the inside of you that says, you know what? I need to do something about this. I need to, I need to speak up. I need to hold some of my peers, my friends, coworkers, church members accountable for some of the things they say, because I know that they don't get it. Right. So I think it starts from having the, these conversations and I applaud Lecrae. I know people gave him a lot of flack because he didn't come with the rah-rah, but I think in those conversations, he made a much bigger impact addressing what Louis Giglio said in a calm manner and, and, and allowing his opportunity to say what needed to be said than just going at his throat. Because in my opinion, I don't think Louis Giglio gets it if Lecrae goes at his throat. I don't. I really don't think he does. But I think in a conversation where you talk and then I correct these things in a calm manner and we can discuss and we can have dialogue, I think that is more productive than than a world star moment. Your thoughts? Um, my immediate thoughts are I'm a hypocrite. Because and I don't I'm, I'm not going to. Well, let me remove that. I, I'm not going to say that I wanted the rah rah from from Lecrae. I was just puzzled to a see. A lot of people did. Okay. Well, I was puzzled to see the head nod 
as Louis was delivering some of these sentiments. But right. to your point, I did not watch the whole interview, so I didn't even know the full interview was out there. Because um, I, I just think about myself, you know, like I said before, um, I've had a lot of invitations to to sit and share and help make certain white people aware, which which, you know, I don't turn down those those invitations. But um, you made me feel good about myself because. I'm, I'm doing no different than Lecrae is. All of our conversations are civil, even though some of the things um, that some people have said to me have have hurt, you know, have hurt inside um, and have made me feel a way for some kind of reason. In that environment, I'm able to suppress the emotions <laughs> and, and really- Like Lecrae did. Yeah, yeah, and really, really ingest and then think and then present calmly. And I think that's why those conversations have been so good and so so impactful so um i don't know i just kind of feel again i i wasn't i didn't i didn't endorse i didn't want the rah-rah i just i don't know if i sitting in that chair knowing how i conduct myself during these types of conversations i don't know if i could have physically done this well, while they're delivering doing... that and it, it could just be an aimless um aimless muscle movement and maybe maybe body language saying i'm listening i'm listening I'm listening, you know, or, you know, who knows? Because this, if I, if you're talking Walker and I'm doing this, then you're, you're, you're comfortable. I, you're, I'm, I'm encouraging you to continue to talk. If you talk and I'm doing this, then, then you're going to feel a certain type of way. I'm a transfer a type of energy to you. So, right. you know, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you broke that down because I was able to really get past my surface level thoughts of that aimless body language that he was giving. And Lecrae mentioned that he was uncomfortable. Okay. in that moment like yeah. he said i was uncomfortable and then i was asking the lord okay how do i respond to this so oftentimes what you're seeing you ever heard you're familiar with a nervous laugh right <laughs> yeah come on who are you talking to right so a nervous laugh doesn't mean it was funny it just means that's my knee-jerk reaction to something you said that either really offensive or made me uncomfortable right so i, I again i don't know if it's truly fair to go off of a person's body language and what they said in that moment, if the video cuts off my entire response after that. Right, okay. See what I'm saying? And so th that's, again, to, to my point, I just I, I just feel that, and I'm gonna say this, let, let me ask you this. If our white brothers and sisters don't understand, and again, this is coming from someone who has mentioned that I'm not in the recruiting I'm not into recruiting allies, but I will educate and inform if you do show a true, genuine interest, right? If we're going to have these conversations, I, I look I, I look at it from the school analogy. When, when I was in school and I was really trying to get the information in my class, I would ask questions from a from an ignorant perspective now that's not a derogatory statement but from an ignorant in that i don't know but i'm trying to know so i may ask something or say something in error is that possible yeah haven't we all done that of course okay so if our white brothers and sisters are engaged with us right and let's just say that they ask or say something in ignorance because they don't know is it more productive for us now that we're engaged with someone who's trying, right? Is it more productive to lash out at them? No. 
Like, is it more productive for our professor to lash out at us in class? No. Or is it more productive for them to correct what they heard so that the person who's asking can get the right information? Yeah, lashing out does nothing there. Yeah, okay. In that in that moment, right? Right, right? Again, a lot of black people are angry because we have been saying the same thing for so long. Like, why do I keep, I feel like I've been talking to a brick wall. Right. I understand where a lot of black people are coming from when it comes to the anger and the frustration, because we've been saying this for so long. I personally feel like we've been speaking into an empty vacuum Mm -hmm. for the longest time. And I feel like for a lot of our white brothers and sisters, we are now speaking to listening ears in some respects. Some of our white brothers and sisters are still ignoring and, and believing whatever it is they want to believe because they are a product of their own environment. But for some of our white brothers and sisters, we have for the very first time their listening ear. And so we have to understand that our, we have to manage our anger and frustration when we are engaged with someone who is trying. Because if I just bite their head off, imagine if Lecrae bit off Louis Giglio's head in that manner. Would Lily, would, would Giglio have really figured out how wrong he was in that or we would have felt justified and then the narrative that's painted about lecrae about lecrae after that or no see what i'm saying like we we have to be wise in these scenarios and lecrae is not your he's not your everyday rapper he's not ti okay and i love ti but ti would not have had he would have done what everybody would have wanted him to do in that what would have what would have come of that what really would have come of that productive nothing so I get it. Louis Giglio was wrong by what he said, but Louis Giglio is also very unlearned. And that's what happens when unlearned, when you give unlearned people a platform to speak about racial matters, they end up putting their foot in the mouth. Mm. And in many cases, they have to be taught. They have to do less talking and listen to those like a Lecrae who can educate them. Those like Lecrae who have the patience to allow them to be wrong in conversations and then correct it. So that's all. Well, you made me feel really good about myself, Walker. So thank you. Anytime, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what you got next, bro? Okay. Now that's out of the way. That was supposed to be our main topic, ladies and gentlemen. You notice how I had a lot for you there? Uh, yeah. Um, We have an update in the Rayshard Brooks situation. Discuss. All righty. Um, I, I'd be surprised if we trash anything this week either, by the way. Um, oh, I've got something you're going to trash. You do have something? That okay. you're going to trash. Yeah. Um, officers Garrett Rolfe and Devin Brosnan have been charged in the shooting of Rayshard Brooks. They charged the other guy too? Um, Garrett Rolfe is charged with felony murder and Brosnan faces an aggravated assault charge. For allegedly standing over Brooks' shoulder as he was lay, as he was, you know, lying there dying on the ground. Gotcha. Wow. Um, I don't have the name, but apparently there's an officer who's agreed to testify against these guys. I don't have his Whoa. name though, so forgive me, those of you who are listening. Um, but yeah, I, it's been reported that that there is a an officer who's agreed to testify. In okay. court, I don't know if he <laughs> will ultimately testify, but we know as it currently stands, he's agreed to testify. Interesting. 
So uh, thoughts about that? Um, they've been charged. That's kind of a step in the right direction. Um, I mean, it is, but we, you know, it's not the end. Yeah, the, we we got we got to get to that indictment, man. We got to see, we got to see what the judge is really going to come through with. So, I, I'm cool with it. I just. <laughs> I feel so repetitive. I I don't expect much out of this. You, I mean, the these stories have been repetitive. That's that's why you sound that way. I mean, just it's been an assembly line of tragedy as it pertains to police injustice. Dude, do you know that Philando Castile's killer is still out there? They didn't. They didn't. Um, they didn't bring charges against him. Dude, I. You thought they did? Yes, it shows how uneducated I am. But I, I spent I spent a considerable considerable amount of time researching, um, you know, the I guess the lawful penalties given to these police officers in these situations. But that one really stood stood out to me, and I'm thinking, I mean, he got he got nothing. Like he was acquitted, dude. Like that man walked out of there, and I was just like, yeah. what did I miss? But you, yeah. you know what was crazy in reading about that case? They only based it on uh, the dash cam of the police officer. Well, the dash cam, was the dash cam released, released shortly after that? Yes. And so what, what the jury was kind of hung on was, now I think the jury was 10, jury was 10 to 2. Ten for the minority, two for the, or excuse me, ten for the majority, two for the minority. Um, (laughs) Ten white people, two uh, minorities. (laughs) Um, For those of you who can't, you know, right, (laughs) who don't speak uh, PC. But what what they had a hard time proving, and what I read was that they had a hard time deciding if Philando was not an aggressor in that situation based off the footage that they were given access to. Now, right. we saw we saw the Facebook live footage and we we didn't see any aggressive tactics in that video. So, I guess I guess one of those unsolved mysteries moments or thoughts is, well why wasn't that video brought in as evidence? We you and I know the answer, but um Especially, yeah, I mean, especially the, now the, that we know. I mean, this happened in Minnesota, and we know we're we're finding out more and more that Minnesota's got their their battered history of police brutality, and a lot of these cops being able to walk. You know. Um, right. Anyway, what were you saying? Sorry. I mean, again, it's just it's just more evidence of how unfair the justice system has been towards black people. Right. So, so um, I said I said all that to say I didn't mean to I didn't mean to derail, but. After after spending a considerable amount of time seeing how a lot of these cases panned out, um, when I when I heard about the update in the uh, Rayshard Brooks uh, case, you can see how I've come to a conclusion of wake me up when the indictment has been announced. I, I get, I got yeah. you, I understand, and I agree. I agree. Um, on you. Walker, they have decided to pull my aunt Jemima and my uncle Ben. Okay. Discuss or trash? Discuss. Oh. I actually have this on um I actually have this on 
my list uh i call it symbolic change wow i telegraph that's a pick six for me because i just knew you're gonna trash that your touchdown celebration i'm waiting to see because you're still running back you're on the five now uh, um <laughs> that's funny <laughs> uh what do you think about this walker um if that's what makes businesses feel better about about themselves uh is, is this is what makes businesses feel like their bottom line won't be impacted um then you do what you got to do but i don't think that's moving the needle much um i'm not against symbolic changes i'm I'm not i'm not against symbolic changes i i what i would say to symbolic changes even like what we have downtown the the uh, we we painted uh the street by railroad park the black black lives matter um which is really neat by the way um but it falls in the category of symbolic change and the problem with symbolic change is from a historical standpoint is that when it comes to change, we have never been able to move beyond that symbolic change, right? We do a lot of symbolism and gesturing. And while that's fine and good, uh, I want to see systemic change. I want to see policies and things put in place uh, that that will actually uh, make a difference and will actually address some of this country's original sin of racism. Um, so again, while I'm not against these symbolic changes that we're doing, I want us to continue the job and I want this to lead to actual systemic change because with systemic changes, we'll see less of these incidents that have been occurring in recent months, years, decades, centuries, right? All right. So yeah, that's that's how I feel. But as it pertains to the Andrew Mama, Uncle Ben, um, I said it. I said it last week in my word of the week. Sincerity is the word. Um, I want you to be doing that because you really do value black people in their lives. I want you to do that because if you're doing that, you're doing that because you have a black person in leadership who may be telling you, hey, um, this is culturally insensitive to black people. Um, we need to do it a different way. Like if you're doing that because you just don't want people to stop buying your product because of racial uh, sensitivity has, is at an all time high, then shame on you for that. But if you really have made a cultural shift within your organization and you're really evaluating um, your products and you're evaluating how you serve the community, then I will applaud you. Only time will tell. But, you know, again, the symbolic changes is great, but it needs to lead to systemic internal change that will affect your way of life and your way of doing business down the road. So are you, do you buy Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben's? Uh, I do. We buy both actually. Okay. Okay. Do you, I mean, do you, do you honestly feel a way when you're picking it up off the shelf? No. Okay. And, and I only ask that because, um, we, <laughs> a few years ago we switched to only pure maple syrup. Um, but, supposedly that's better for you i don't know but um we were we were uh we bought on jemima and you know i i remember getting off the shelf and not having any thoughts about it so it just makes me think um you and i i mean we we speak for a small percentage of the black population but um if this is if this is something that doesn't really sting the two of us to the point to where we can't pull it off the shelves 
I'm not sure what rebranding is going to do or pulling the brand altogether. So, um, I I'm with you on this. This is a knee jerk and this is a uh, product protection or brand protection is a better term I should, I should use here. Um, but it's, it's hollow in terms of, of heartfelt, true, uh, I guess true direction of change. It's just, it's just hollow inside. And it's just, let's do something to make us seem culturally aware and let's, let's get out of here. Um, I'm going to do an intermediate shout out, not an, not, not an ultimate, but I just want to show you what's different. You know, um, Walker last year, I spoke about Procter and Gamble and Procter and Gamble had that very compelling video series about, you know, essentially, what it is to be black in America. This is well before the George Floyd execution. This is well before uh, the Breonna Taylor killing. You know, this is this wasn't centered around any event. It was actually kind of random, if I remember correctly. Um, so what I see here from Procter and Gamble is more of a, hey, look, we 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 are we are putting our brain on the line to put out this very important and sensitive message that could that could. Um, you know, impact our bottom line. But my, in my opinion, you know, I've, I've done marketing in the past, what, five years, I think from a marketing perspective, I believe it shows you that Procter and Gamble, Hey, we're aware of this situation. We are bringing awareness to it in turn. I think it was like a five or six part series. And, mm -hmm. um, it, it gave me more of a feeling about what the heartbeat of their business model was not just a Procter and Gamble saying, Let's take that product off the shelf because we're concerned about how it may look. No, we right. we're with this. We're showing you this. We are about this life. So it just, I just I thought of that immediately as I, I was weighing my feelings on the Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. So um, and who I mean, my, my thing is, Gat, like what I would say is it, it, it appears to be that way on the surface. But time, like I said, time will tell. Now, if you start doing other campaign ads in which you are uplifting black people and are speaking out on issues that affect black people it will show me that you really have turned a corner it really shows me that you are trying to be more sensitive to the black community um but just in and of itself like it just it, it doesn't it it does it feels hollow right now gotcha. so but again that could change with time so we'll see okay what you got next c-dub um, I have an update in the Breonna Taylor situation. Uh, discuss trash. Discuss. Hey, Officer hey, Brett hey, Hankinson. Hey, hold on, hold on, um, hold on, hold on. If I had said trash that, how how emotional would that have gotten you? Just I'm asking for a few listeners out there. Um, I would have been curious. I would have been puzzled a bit. Okay, cool. Well, we're not trashing that. Just just curious. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, Brett Hankinson, Hankinson uh, the officer who shot Breonna Taylor and killed her, has been fired by the Louisville Police Department. Um, no charges have been brought up yet, but he has been fired so far. Thoughts? Yawn. Why, why did it take so long? Why did it take so long? Don't know. You know, am I am I insensitive by thinking that? Um, you fired him. Any charges yet? No. He's being accused, but you know, you know, the police chief has stepped down. He's retired. I did not so know the that. The interim chief, 
the interim chief has has accused uh i believe the interim chief name is robert schroeder and he's being accused of blindly firing 10 rounds until taylor into taylor's apartment mm. um so yeah lawfully accused or socially accused well it it, it only says accused okay lawful lawfully, accusations I are mean, different lawfully charges will be brought up oh, okay. but again again gat i mentioned it recently you have police unions and law enforcement officers bill of rights that that provide protections for cops that and even former cops that regular civilians don't have access to so a lot of the timing and the delay and all this type of stuff i mean you got you have a lot of um can't think of the word but it, again it, it's 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 political in terms of the relationship between the city and these police unions that these guys have a, a lot of protection behind them and in many cases man some of these officers end up just they end up working in another police department somewhere across town if nothing comes of it because they're they're connected to police unions so yeah it's it's um I don't know. It, it's good to see that the, the the interim police chief isn't cool with what happened. That's cool. I mean, I, I don't think this is. I don't think it's something to completely just. Yeah, you know what I mean. But because they didn't have to fire him, right? Philando Castile's uh, killer didn't get fired, did he? He did. He did. Yeah, but after after the trial, it was weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we'll just see. We'll just see. I mean, Again, fi- fired isn't enough. Been served, but fired is not enough. I agree. I Let's agree. Real that, about it. There's a point where he was just going to work like you and I. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I don't know. But that's all I got. Back on you. Jermaine Cole, one of your favorite rappers, Walker. He's been under some heat um about some seemingly misogynistic lyrics in his latest track snow on the bluff discuss the trash um let's discuss this okay listeners um this this uh this sample from this song contains some explicit lyrics hide your kids or hit that button that advances 15 seconds twice right about now my IQ is average, there's a young lady out there, she way smarter than me I scroll through her timeline in these wild times and I started to read She mad at these crackers, she mad at these capitalists, mad at these murder police She mad at my niggas, she mad at her ignorance, she wear her heart on the sleeve She mad at the celebrities, low key I be thinking she talking about me Now I ain't no dummy to think I'm above criticism So when I see something that's valid, I listen, but shit There's something about the queen tone that's bothering me Just a little snippet there Um... Walker, can I be honest with you about something? Please. I've listened to this track in its entirety at least seven times. The, you know you know how I am, as I said on the show before. The first two times, I'm just focused on the beat. I can tune everything else out. Um, but I made a pointed effort to really sit and let these lyrics marinate. I see no harm done here. Am I a bad person? What do you mean no harm done? Uh, I mean, of- I think misogyny is is a reach here. I don't I, I don't think you can I don't think you can apply this to Cole, especially when I when I'm reminded of tracks like Crooked Smile, you know, where he he's obviously uplifting women and uh, reminding women of their value. 
um and, and then even in this lyric as you heard in the in the sample or the, the little the snippet we just uh pulled he he applauds her level of iq you know so it's just like i i don't i don't understand why he's catching so much heat for this and and he and here's the big thing walker i don't want cole catching heat about this right now when we got like other things that we really need to keep in the forefront of people right i don't i think i think j cole got too much negative press over this and it takes away from what i feel is the nucleus of the message he's trying to convey in this song okay which, which in my opinion is his his emotional admittance to that he 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 can he questions himself as if he's doing enough in terms of these uh times of uh moving the needle to racial equality your thoughts um he did i mean he did kind of mention how he felt about her statements that she made the this woman made her her name is no name right she's an activist by the way um don't know if you if you mentioned her um but of course he went on the twitter and explained further you know I Cur- guess encourage people to follow her <laughs> huh? encourage people to follow her <laughs> yeah and, and i think one of the things is that okay let me ask you this question get has jay cole has he been considered the more conscious of the new school or, or the the current school of, of rap artists that's a broad question He's not. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying it's broad. Okay. Is he more likely to speak out on these type of events than let's say Drake? Uh, yeah. Huh? Drake? Yeah. Okay. So if an artist calls him out for that, and then he and Twitter acknowledges that he's not really like that kind of a leader outside of the booth um and again i think it's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like uh you got me for j cole it's almost kind of you got me you called me out you got me but he's admitting it right yeah. So it's why like he, he why you get ca- me? Why is he catching so much flag from the in, in terms of misogyny and and no and allegedly going part, at no name? The misogyny part, eh, I don't know. Like that's I the kind of reaches they're putting on Cole right now, and I, I got a problem with it. Well, you know, telling a woman to watch your tone, you know, never goes over. Black woman never goes over well. Is, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go tell my wife when we're done recording to watch her tone. I'm, I'm gonna text you how well that goes. Is over. that an express lane to misogyny? Walker's my question. Celebrity or not? Depends on who you ask. I'm asking you. Is it misogyny? I don't know if it's misogyny. I just, I still don't think it's smart. Uh, you know, it's not misogyny. That's a reach, man. That's an emotional reach. Trust me, I know. I reach weekly. Because you can't, again, and I sound like a broken record here, Walker, but you can't, you can't come at Cole like that. Not with some of the tracks in his catalog. You can't come at him like that, man. 
Okay. Misogynist is a that's a heavy term. Come on, man. J. Cole is not out here rapping, uh, treating with 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 uh, lyrics that de- uh, that are derogatory to women. He's not out here rapping like that. Okay. So how can you just after after? I'm not saying he is guilty of being misogynistic. I'm just saying. I'm not you saying know, you said that, but I, I you get, know, but you know, but you know what you heard. People the wrong way. No, 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 Walker. You got to hear this, man. You, I, I see how some people can rub people the wrong way, but I don't. I don't know if I would call it misogynistic. I don't you. know if I would thank call you. it. That's that. all I need you to say, Walker. That's all I, I need you to call say. it. That. That's a reach. But I wouldn't also. I wouldn't also tell a black woman to defend some of the things he said either. That's all. <sighs> Whether he says it or go tell your wife, watch your tongue with me. When y'all talk about uh, Father's Day plans, <laughs> Walker. My my point is, my point is, I'm not I'm not saying that's something productive and good to say, especially in my case to my wife. But if I were to slip up and say it, am I a misogynist? If I just say that, if I just say, "Hey, babe, watch your tone," so what now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a reach. You know it is. You don't want to say it, but it's a reach. I got a problem with it. Get off Cole, man. Cole out here doing stuff right, man. So you don't agree with Chance the Rapper? No. Go color in your book somewhere. And I like Chance. Okay. Fair enough. I saw what Chance said, man. I was disgusted by that. You was disgusted, huh? So you're not going to buy his next album? I don't I haven't bought an album in years. What you got to say so, now? Uh, <laughs> it's my turn. Yes. Trump signed an executive order this past week. Discuss the trash. Trash. On you. That's all I got, Walker. My clip is empty. Um, Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard. They both have spoke out against the NBA resuming because they believe it will take away from the fight against racial injustice and police brutality. I'm going to do something different here, Walker. I'm going to do discuss asterisk. And what that means is you're going to get your thoughts off and I'm going to mute myself on this side because I am curious to know what you think about this. Um... I actually see both sides of this. I actually think Kyrie Irving is making a, he has a point in terms of the fact to where, again, we're talking about symbolic gestures, wearing a t-shirt that says, I can't breathe, raising the fist during the playing of the national anthem, players locking arms to show unity and solidarity, standing with one another. We've, they've, we've done this, for years and players are still being murdered. Um, Playing a season, taking away from the the fight, I don't know if I completely agree with that, but what I will acknowledge, and shouts out to like the Matt Barnes, shouts out to the Chris Broussards, who was one of my shout outs in the past. What I like from what those guys are saying is that NBA players have an extreme amount of influence and power, more so than NFL players do. And while 
I think the players sitting out and not playing should be a last resort, but I think you need a plan. I think you, you need a list of asks. And I think you need to go to the owners of these franchises and say, Hey, here are things that we want you to do to address or to do some things that we think will be beneficial to the black community. Here's how much money that you need. We think you need to be donating. We have causes set up. We got, you know, uh, foundations that we've created we have certain programs that we want to start up that we want the nba to be a part of and to actually address issues in the black community um and if you don't meet these demands or these things that we want because again this is not about us this is about the community and each every one of us are affected by what we've seen in the recent months so here's what we want you to do if you don't agree to it then we'll sit out but have a list of demands. Don't just sit out because you feel like it'll distract. But my thing is you can use your platform to even promote what you're doing. You can promote the organizations and things that, that you guys have come together and have established in the community that will benefit the black community. Um, and I think if the owners are cool with it, they agree to it, then you can play. I don't feel like if you know, you can play knowing that you've done something to address some of the issues in our community. And you got the owners now who for the most part have been disconnected from these issues. It's been the players that's been speaking out on it. A few coaches have spoke out about it, but also too, let's let's start really looking at putting black people in the front offices more, right? We don't have a lot of us being represented. I mean, granted, we are a lot of the talent, you have a few coaches that are black in the NBA, but you don't have a lot of black people in front offices running organizations. Like we want to see a change in that aspect as well. And so I, I like the, I see points on both sides, but I feel like it's, it's, it's a, it should be a combination of the two to where you have player, the players need to get on the same page with a list of demands and things that they want. But I don't think sitting out in and of itself is, is a solution. Okay. I'm done. Shall we transition on to shout outs and player of the week? Well, it depends, Walker. Do you want me to tell people what it is or do you want to keep going? Ooh. Saucy, huh? A little spice. Well, you can explain it. <laughs> no, it's okay. Let's just go. I don't really want to explain it. I don't want to insult the intelligence of our listeners. So we're shouting out people who are doing dope things in the past week or so, and we're giving player of the week to people who have played themselves within the past week. Uh, Gat, would you like to go first? Sure. My shout out goes to a gentleman by the name of Reed Hastings. He was a former uh, CEO at Netflix. He announced earlier this week that he's donating $120 million to HBCUs. Um, he went on the record by saying that this financial donation is going to be what fuels generations in the past or not in the past, what fuels generations in the future to make sure that as we work to eradicate uh, racial injustice, that uh, these these funds will go to make sure that racial injustice stays level or equal, if you will. Um he he didn't he didn't mention all hbcus that this 120 would be trickled to but he did mention some and uh 
two on the list that I like to shout out on Morehouse and Spelman College. So Reed Hastings. Uh-oh, I don't have my sound effect. Ready Walker. There we go. Reed Hastings, dope stuff. Thank you. You are my shout out. My shout out, uh, keep it real quick and simple, goes to Ella Jones. Who's Ella Jones? Ella Jones is now not only the first black mayor, but the first black woman mayor of Ferguson, Missouri. Oh, wow. She was sworn in just this past week, and she was motivated to get into politics and serve her community as a result of the fatal police shooting of Mike Brown. And she felt that it was her duty to give back and service the community and help contribute to the community being better as much as she could. And so we want to shout out Ella Jones for being black woman magic and being the first black woman of black woman, woman mayor of Ferguson. First in his 126 year history. That is pretty major. On to you, sir. All right, we'll get to the foolishness, Walker. Um, mine, my player of the week, uh, setting takes place in Huntsville, Alabama, Madison to be exact. Walker, you had any handles to ice cream before? Um, yeah, I have. Have you really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you may not be consuming any of that, uh, during your next trip to Huntsville. Uh, I want to call out Ricky Jarrell. <laughs> Yeah, he's Rick Jarrell, but I'll call him Ricky for for effect. Um, you know, Walker, people are taking this whole race matters thing seriously, right? So a po- a Facebook post was dug up from I think it was 2018, 2015. Hold on, I want to get this right. 2015, yeah. And um he had a series of posts to where he thought it'd be great to talk about his childhood and how he grew up. So um, he was honest and open and said, you know, we had a woman of color in our house. Um, she took care of us. Um, you know, she she fed us. She bathed us. Yada, yada, yada. You know, so, I mean, this was a thing probably in the time of Ricky Jarrell. So, I mean, nothing nothing out of the ordinary hits right now right walker well um what he forgot to omit or change from this dated post was the racial slurs that he used referring to um the the this african-american woman um he also included several racial slurs directed at jews asians and hispanics um and then to (laughs) to sum it all up in this post walker which i i thought i debated on whether i should read it or not but walker i could not i could not i don't know if i could live with myself if i if i repeated some of the stuff this man had in this post but as he concludes his uh heartfelt uh honest post he says i don't see race so um Ricky, uh, you know, this post gets surfaced and, you know, people are people are, you know, taking it, taking screenshots, putting it out on Facebook, 
coming at handles you know hey hey this guy owns one of your locations in huntsville do you stand by these words so handles puts out a, a statement they said you know what we're gonna shut down this location for a minute while we figure things out right um a day or so later they said hey rick um we are removing you from your franchise ownership stake of this of this location and we're looking for another owner for this location of handles ice cream so ricky um as um as they say in the as, as a quote said in the in the movie the social network um everything put on the internet is uh, written in ink your comments were as well and they cost you buddy five years after the fact i know one could question that but still man um what you said wasn't cool what you bought there wasn't cool you got what you deserved enjoy that ice cream bro all righty um mine's gonna be short here yet again uh my player of the week is woolworth many of you birminghamians are familiar with woolworth a bar on the south side of birmingham you know i had every intention of trying to uh, frequent this restaurant but every time i try to go getting a parking spot is like trying to find bread 11s uh for resale after like for a price of like 220 don't do this walk it's kind of hard to do it's kind of tough to do that was a shot director right at me i felt that one yeah everything is not about you so you oh, need to relax okay so um park is not that bad down there d- despite what you may think but go ahead sorry are you done sorry. this is your part forgive me <laughs> so uh woolworth on tuesday i remember this day remember this day uh, Woolworth recently decided in wake of all that's going on, decide they want to modify their dress code, right? So on their dress code, you know, witty little statements and whatnot, but some of the things that they prohibited, just to sum it up, um, were things like athletic jerseys. Okay. Um, they tried to be all inclusive by also mentioning cargo pants, construction boots, skull caps, bandanas. But but there was a few that were just seeing really targeted gatry, like clock necklaces. Okay. Who who has worn you know, we don't wear that, but who has worn clock necklaces? Who's known for wearing athletic jerseys? Okay. In the in this climate that we're in, it's undeniable for black people to feel targeted. So the the criticism was swift and rough. So Woolworth then issued an apology. Um, it's on its website, but of course, you know, we've already screenshotted the dress uh and that circulated much faster than your apology ever could and um they issued an apology and they have rescinded and canceled that dress code unfortunately Woolworth a lot of people who have frequented your restaurant and intended to have canceled you as well good luck moving forward in the future and uh we have a friend that I grew up watching on Sunday mornings of the Ren and Stimpy show with a comment on your recent dress code policy that you rescinded. You idiots!
Not gonna look good for them, man. So that's all I got. Okay. Uh, anything else you got, man? Uh, that sums up my thoughts, at least for this recording. I want to, before we close out, I want to give an RIP to I, I. This is I got a mouthful. Um, her name is Alawatoyan, referred to as Toyan Salau. Um, she was a Black Matters, a Black Lives Matter uh, activist. Um, I think she was 19. She was very young. Ended up passing away in Florida. Um, she was uh, she was murdered. Uh, the guy who murdered her also murdered another woman, like not too not too long but prior to this. Um, it was believed the guy was dealing with mental health issues. Um, but our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Um, she was reported missing for a few days and she even posted on social media how she was sexually assaulted and, uh, she was found dead, uh, days later. Um, so our thoughts and prayers are with her family during this time. Um, yeah, the, the next person I want to give a, a rest in peace on RIP to is, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this person, but her, she, she goes by the name, her name is Jazz Waters. Um, goes by the name of Jazz Fly. She is a writer for the NBC show This Is Us, Black Woman. I did hear um, about this, yeah. And she died uh, a little over a week ago. We didn't cover it on our last recording. Um, but want to say, and, and I've seen her on a few podcasts. She seemed like a dope individual. Um, but just just know that, you know, Mental health is really important during this time of being quarantined, isolated, not being able to do the things that you love. Let's check on the ones, let's check on our loved ones and make sure they're okay. Um, also, too, there is a cry for um, investigations. I think we now have a total of four. I think we have a total of four I saw in the news clip, but we know for sure three men in recent weeks uh have died by hanging and the families of these men uh malcolm harsh robert fuller and i believe is dominique alexander dominique alexander is new york robert fuller and malcolm harsh were in southern california i think their deaths were like 50 miles apart from one another um and there was a guy in texas this week too so that's that's the fourth guy i don't have his name um but the families are wanting an investigation. They're they're suspecting that it wasn't suicide, um, and they want closure with that. So, I, yeah, again, my prayers and thoughts goes out to the family of, of these individuals, um, especially in the case of the four men who were found dead. Um, I hope that the families are able to get closure from that and uh, get some um, answers to some much needed questions. So the guy in Texas uh, was a teenager, so they haven't released his, his name yet. Right. Right. So thanks. So uh, yeah, a big RIP to those individuals and um, yeah, we're praying for you. Get you said you're good, right? I got some thoughts on that. If, if I could go for it. When I think of suicide and particularly black people, my my first thoughts are this would be like the resort after the last resort. 
for most, especially black men, if they just figured they were going to make this decision to take their own life, just for just just based off purely off historical value, right? Of of what hanging symbolize or yeah symbolizes from from our from our past, right? Would you agree with that to some degree? Um. Yeah, but my my thing is this, Gat, is what I would say to that is if you've already are dealing with thoughts of suicide, you're already not thinking too rationally. Um, And that's not, I don't want to be insensitive because I, I have people, there are people who are close to me who have dealt with uh, suicidal thoughts. But when you have gotten to a place to where you're being tormented mentally and you're, you're checking out, I don't know if that runs through your head. You know what I mean? Okay. There's a lot of, there are a lot of thoughts. Like if, if, if thinking through on how you would kill yourself, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 there are a lot of things that you would you would imagine that a person has already factored out of their thought process if they've come to the conclusion of taking their life. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm not going to just say that. I'm not going to just say that. Um, that a black person would automatically rule that out because we know of black people who have killed themselves by hanging. So I, I don't want to just, just because of our ugly history in this country and how black people have been treated in the past, I'm not going to make the assumption that a person who is dealing with suicidal thoughts would factor that into how they would take their life if they have come to a point where they want to take their life. I gotcha. Okay. I don't want to make assumptions with that. My whole thought behind that was, I don't think all these were suicides, but that's just my thought. I don't think so either. And again, the family, you know, usually, you know, if someone close to you is, is dealing with depression or dealing with, make traces. there are certain people, if you haven't seen a pattern of that, if you haven't seen anything, um, then again, I stand behind the family on that. But beyond that, I don't have any thoughts on. I don't have any thoughts on it. Gotcha. Okay. That concludes yeah. my thoughts. I'm serious this time. Cool. No, all good. All good. Um, Walker's word of the week. Oh goodness. Um, unplug. Unplug. Some of you, some of us need to unplug. Unplug from social media unplug from the news some of us need to take a step back and recalibrate our minds and our emotions um it's been high emotions especially for black people um as it pertains to the recent tragedies just a barrage of tragedy that we've gotten the past month and a half and I, many of us have been disappointed in the responses to said tragedies by some of our uh, friends, coworkers, church members, neighbors. Um, I think that we also have to take into account mental health and your own need to self-care. 
uh, take care of oneself. And I think for many of us, we might need to take a social media break because I don't think it's healthy for you to continue to find yourself in arguments with people online, getting worked up over things someone posted who's probably just trolling you at the end of the day. You, we need to take care of ourselves, especially if we're going to try to fight to bring about uh, systemic change. We need to do that with the right frame of mind and a healthy attitude and healthy emotions. And for some of us, we need to take time apart, take time to read, take time to do things that are uh, productive, constructive for us and unplug just take just take a day some of us may need to take a week just just get off of social media and just recalibrate our minds because it's been a lot thrown at us and if many of us be honest a lot of us are not okay um therapy you look into therapy look into different ways to just kind of make sure you're upbeat and uh that's all i got no matter whatever you do um let's live responsibly Doors of the Tipping Point Pod are open. Let us stand. May we go in peace. Have a great and productive week, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Have a blessed one. This is the Tipping Point Podcast.